I'm going to ask Chris to help me this morning. So, listen, our children are in children's church today. They stay in there. We do miss them when they're not here. Our youth are away at uh, camp, so and there's a lot of adults with them. And it's a vacation break from the public schools, so there's people on vacation. So a lot of folks, I'm going to give you this. Uh-oh, the top's coming off that pillar. Uh, a lot of folks are out this morning, so we need to pray for those that are traveling. But as we pray, we want to begin our preaching time this morning with prayer. Uh, we see what's going on in the world, and everybody's wanting to know what's happening in Israel and what's happening around the world. <clears throat> well, sin is happening, and the Lord's in charge. Amen? So we'll pray about that this morning, and because we don't fear. But I'm going to ask Chris to come around, and we don't do this, uh, we haven't done it, I don't think, this year. And it's my fault, my bad. But as we sing about what we believe, if there's anybody in the church, the Bible, we used to call it when I was a kid, testimony time. Can somebody give a testimony how good God is? So I want to just open the floor this morning. If there's somebody who just wants to speak a word for the Lord, not about what you've done, not what you've accomplished, but what God has done maybe through you and for you, just slip your hand up and we're going to have Chris come and just hand you the microphone so everybody can hear. Is there anybody that wants to give a word to the Lord, uh, for the Lord this morning about how good God is? So... Um, We'll turn our attention. I think it's on. Is it on? Um, hope I don't get too emotional, but uh, me and Mighty are going through the adoption process, and and when we went, when we started this journey, um, all I could think about was how much money it costs, and I don't know if you've ever been through it or or been along with it, but it's expensive, and. The hardest part now has been trying to find a child, so keep praying for that. But I said, God, I'm, this is just too much. There's too much money. You know, who has fifty or $60,000 just laying around? And, uh, you know, we built a house, not planning to adopt, but, you know, the Lord, he does what he, 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 he makes plans, not me. And, um, but this year, God has just showed out, like, through people's giving here, these fundraisers. Mighty's worked hard trying to get sponsors and stuff for us. And even Chris McKenzie's been a part of one of the events. But we've raised a bunch of money, almost all the money we've needed. And that's been the easiest part of this whole thing. And that was the biggest, my biggest concern was like, God, we, it can't be done. And we prayed, we prayed, and God said, I can do it. And that's my praise this morning is that, you know, if you think he can't do it, just sit back and watch him work, right? You know, have faith, and and that's God's people, too. It's not just been this random people. It's been people here. It's been family. It's been other Christian people given to people they don't even know, you know, and, and some of y'all know, but that's my praise this morning is how good God is on in our adoption journey. Amen. Give God praise this morning. because Is there someone else? Over here, Joey, all the way. I'm trying to get your exercise in this morning, Chris. Yes, Joey. Yep. See if you get your your, your just exercise in. Run for the in. Lord here. Hey, somebody else over here, raise your hand so he's got to run back. I'm just kidding. Joey, I would like to thank the Lord for taking me out of the land of Russia, especially during this time. Hmm. And speaking of adoption, is I was actually adopted from Russia. See, God's good, amen? Anyone else? Jeff? You almost made it all the way back, make him run back around. 
We'll have one more after Jeff, so we got to get into the service today. But this is it's funny that we're that talking is. about adoption because Caleb and I went to the Lauren Talley concert at Talatha Friday night, and I spent 18 years working child protection, child protective services, doing everything from investigations to in-home treatment, and. The entire time I was there, I was wanting to be a supervisor. I was wanting to be a supervisor. I wanted to go ahead and be a consultant. I wanted to go ahead and do all this other stuff. Lauren Talley had a song Friday night called Broken Ones. That made me realize that the 18 years that I spent doing child protection as a worker and not a supervisor was not lost mm. because God wanted me to be with the people and not in a supervisory capacity where I didn't have contact with yes. these individuals. All right. Uh, listen, God, God, God knows what he's doing, right? One more. Is there anyone else? Ooh. Oh, Mackenzie. You, you, What's she up, made, baby? She just wanted to make you run. You can't, I just call, wanna, you can't call her hottie on the microphone. That's your wife, I know, but I mean, go ahead. I just want to praise God. Um, Chris and I have been praying for our sister and brother-in-law to move from Massachusetts to North Carolina. And two, last week, they moved down. So just, they don't know Jesus, so we're praying for them. That's the next prayer we're, for their salvation. But God, it's good. Um, just really cool. Yes. Amen. He is And good. I get emotional all the time. Guys, I'm going to get better at one of these. <laughs> well, church, listen, there's more and more stories, and you're going to start seeing video stories come up. Uh, Chris has been, uh, some of you volunteered to videotape your story, your whole story of salvation we're going to start incorporating those in the worship service coming up soon. So if you haven't gotten with Chris in your bulletin, you have a chance on your Connect card saying, hey, I'd like to be videotaped, not so much for yourself to receive the glory, so that God might re receive the glory through your story. It's his story, right? History is his story, and your history is his story. So we want to share that. We want to share how good God is. And today, Paul is talking about something. Today's sermon talk is simply legally responsible. Have you ever been legally responsible for something? If you have a child... Uh, if you have a, uh, there's a will, anything in life that requires a legal agreement or somebody where you're legally responsible, well, we understand this passage. But Paul's going to tell the church something today, that the church does not have the same privilege as the world has. And because Paul says we're different. If you saw last week, and I'm thankful for Alex last week for preaching to my stay, I told him, I said, I, I gave you the hardest passage in the Bible to preach last week. And uh, it was a tough one. But Paul's talking to the church, how much he loved the church, how much he loved the church at Corinth. It was a very sinful city where he's writing to. And the church there had the sinful city ways, but yet it wanted the church ways. They wanted to have both. And God really did bless the church. There really were Christians in the church. But next week, Paul's going to call folks out. I'm going to give you a, 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 head up, a heads up if you keep reading. He's going to question some of the people's salvation. Because if you live in sin... God questions, listen, God has men to, to preach the word. He has women to share the word with you. And when you say, my life does not line up with the word of God, therefore there's no way I can be God's. You can fake it. Some people, that's today's culture, right? Fake it till you what? That's not the way it is in the kingdom of God. You can't fake it till you make it, right? You must surrender. You must come, as we talked about, the broken part of us. We must give ourselves to God. God, I'm I fully believe all the things we just sang this morning. I'm a sinner in need of a Savior because I was born that way and I want to choose to be that way, right? Everybody chooses to continue in sin. Did you know there's not one innocent person around the world no matter where you go? We're all born into sin. And then we happen to like our sin. 
Somebody said, why do you think everyone doesn't come to Christ? You ever been asked that question? Why does everyone in the world just understand who Jesus is? We don't give them a project. We give them a God-man, Jesus, right? He died for your sins. If you would receive him as your personal Lord and Savior, ask, you, ask him to forgive you your sins. He says yes 100% of the time, and then he makes a place for you in heaven. He says you're joint heirs with him. Everything that's his is yours. Why wouldn't everybody want it? You know what the answer is? Everyone loves their sins more than they love the Savior. You have to surrender. You have to come to the place saying, I'm done. I'm done in my life because if you've been praying for somebody for a long, long time, if you've been praying for somebody, if you've been praying for somebody for a long time, let me tell you, you know this to be true if you got saved later in life. Sin gets heavy and heavier and heavier and heavier. And our friends and family, how you doing? Oh, I'm, I'm good. And you see their life falling apart. It's hard to carry that weight. Listen, don't stop praying, right? Keep putting the prayers on them. Keep asking your brothers and sisters to pray because we are to bear one another's burden. This is your faith family. We are to do things together. Why don't we do more things together? Like, I'm not just talking about eating together and picnics and things like that. We have a camp out coming up. That's the last thing my old body wants to do is camp out in the, on the rec fields out there. But there's a good chance I'm going to be camping out at least for a part of the night until I start snoring and then everybody's going to leave or ask me to leave. Um, but I am cooking pancakes. So if you want to cook pancake breakfast with me the next morning, we're having pancake breakfast. So make sure you get your family out there. Is it going to be the thing I want to do? Absolutely, 100%. No, I don't want to sleep on the ground. <clears throat> uh, God made it where I've worked my whole life. I have a bed at home. But here's what I do want to do is to hang out with God's people, my faith family, to be around my faith family. So if that camp out is not your thing, I would encourage you just to come and be a part. If you can't sleep on the ground or sleep in a tent, I guess you can pull your RV out. Kenzie, you letting the RVs come? Pull your RV out there. And there's no sewage, but just pull your RV up and sleep out there and just be a part of the campfires and whatever else is going to be out there. But it's our first one, and we're going to be doing it together. So um, am I excited about it? Yes. Am I excited about it? No. All right? So I'm a yes and no kind of guy. Uh, but here's what Paul's talking to the church now. He's, he's already told the church, hey, love you, and these are the right things. This is who you are in Christ. Get the picture. And then he condemns them because the church says, we love people so much that we will tolerate sin in the church. We know he's doing wrong, and that very sin of 1 Corinthians 5, Town Creek Baptist Church had that sin in our church. Did you know that? If you don't know what I'm talking about, you need to go back and read. We had that very sin within our church. We had to deal with that sin and other sins much like it. So we have to say about sin what God says about sin. It's not comfortable. It's not enjoyable. We, we get a reputation of being, oh, that's that judgmental church. And by the way, I want to tell you, whatever God judges about sin is what the human Christian should say about sin. Did you know that? We're going to look today, and, and God's going to say some things here today through the Apostle Paul. And remember, he's the Apostle Paul. He has the authority. He was called by God to be an apostle. He's different than me and you. He has supernatural powers, right? He told him, listen, you think you're puffed up, church? Wait till I come. Calm down, get right with God, because if I come, I'm coming with power. Remember that? If you go back and read, he said, I'm coming with the authority of the apostleship behind me because I love you, and I'm going to get the church right. I'd rather wreck your life than I had let you wreck the church of God. Amen? And there's churches today where people don't give two hoots about the church. They don't care who they hurt. They don't care what they say. They'll speak against God's people. And you, you'll notice even the angels, the Bible says, 
Uh, Peter's going to read it. If we have a chance to read it today, it's in your uh, notes. Not even the angels speak against sinful human behavior. They do what God says to do. They say what God says, but they don't actually con- condemn or convict me and you because they're ministering spirits of God. Not even angels bring an accusation against the devil. If you read in Jude, not, nothing. Listen, they're, they're just saying, hey, we're here doing our job. We have our assignment. They are not created in the image of God like you and I are. They were created beings to be messengers of God. There's some that chose to fall. Listen, there's those that are in heaven. There's demons, which are fallen angels, and there's angels. And we'll read a little bit about them this morning as well. So we're going to get to, when we get to the end of this passage, Paul's going to talk about, he's going to take us in the courtroom of God, if you will. Secular courtroom, and then God's courtroom. And that's why today I put in being legally responsible. Let's read today 1 Corinthians chapter 6. We're going to begin verses 1 through 8. We might read a couple others if we have opportunity. But uh, I love the way it starts in the New King James. Or maybe in the King James it says, Dare. Dare any of you. Have y'all ever played? We're in the South. If you're not from the South, I don't know if this happens in the North. But in the South, what do we say? If you really want to dare somebody to do something, what do you say? Yeah, double dare. But if you really mean it, you double dog dare them. All right? You got a double dare. It means it's impossible or something that's going to cause you embarrassment or it's going to cause you great pain, right? You want to see somebody get hurt or you want to, I mean, we were crazy kids, right? I, I double dog dare you to jump out of the tree, right? We do it today with hot peppers. Jeremiah has all kind of hot peppers. Uh, we always kids, I double dare you to take a bite of this pepper, right? And the kid, I could do it, right? So, and they respond in, in, in like kind knowing that it's painful or there's some outcome that's probably not what they wanted. And Paul's doing the same thing to this church. Watch what he says. And it, I wish it was said, I double dog dare you, but he just says, Dare any of you, this is a challenge, any of you having a matter against another, that's Christian versus Christian, okay? This is me and you if you're a Christian today. I dare any of you having a matter against one another, go to the law before the unrighteous and do not and not before the saints. Well, what's he saying? We're going to follow, watch this. Do you not know that the saints will judge the world? If you're a saint of God, that means you've given your heart and life to Jesus Christ. Catholic Church does not make you a saint. The Coptic Church does not make you a saint. If you've given your heart and life to the Lord Jesus Christ, you are a saint. Does everybody understand? Shake your head. At least give me some acknowledgement you understand, or if you don't understand. If you're a Christian, you are a saint. You don't have to wait to be canonized. You don't have to do miracles. Nothing in your life has to happen except give your heart and life to the Lord Jesus Christ. And at that moment, the Bible says you're a saint of the living God. Amen? Try it for stuff. All right, I know we've done this in the past. Everybody say Saint and then your name. Ready on the count of three. One, two, three. Saint Clint. Come on, you do. That's what you sound like. Say it like you mean it. You're a saint of God. You're st- and the Bible says you're in two presence, right? You're here and you're there. So Lord, if the Lord does roll call, you go, Saint Clint, right? No, you stand before the Holy of Holies. God Almighty has saved your soul. Listen, there's something to shout about in the house of God. Amen. So let's say who we are before the presence of God, what my title is, and who I am before God. Right? I have a name. Ready? On the count of three. One, two, three. Saint Clint. That's much better. That's how the saints of God respond because we know who we are. Amen? And I know the best one in the church, and Bernard gets me every time. He is Saint Bernard. He gets me every single time. So it makes me laugh inside. I have a tickle spot. So as we continue, watch what Paul is saying. He's going to tell the church. Do you not know, saints? Listen, you're going to judge the world. And some of you might not know that. We've had some conversations, have we not, with some of us? We've had a conversation. Wait a minute. How am I going to judge the world? 
I'm limited by my education. I'm limited by my location. I haven't even been around the world. How do I know everybody's sins? Well, who is the one that saved you? The Lord Jesus Christ. And who is the one that equips you? Who is the one that made angels? Who's the one that created humans? Who's the one that created wisdom? Who, come on, what Jesus? This ain't, this ain't preschool. Come on. Who is it, the one that created all things? Say his name. Say his name. His name is Jesus. Listen, and so every time we open up the Word of God, we go, oh, that was for them and not for us. That's not for me. Judging the world, that's not my thing. My thing is just a little old me. I'm introverted. I want to stay over in my corner. Listen, he says, do you not know that the saints are going to judge the world? How dare you take a matter for the church into the public secular courts? This is where the house of God judgment begins here. Did you know at Town Creek Baptist Church, if you're a member, we have an arbitration clause as a member? If you sue another member, you're automatically rejected and kicked out of the church as a member. Did you know that? Our bylaws state the matter. If you sue another Christian, sue another member, you're dismissed from our church, from our fellowship. Why? Don't I have a right to collect if you crash in my car? Yes, you do. Don't I have a right to call an attorney? Yes, you do. We even have a, a personal injury attorney in the church. So, listen, I understand very much so that you have a right to actually be restored back to where you were and, and even if you miss work and all those things. But Paul says, I dare you. Don't you know better? Don't take the, listen, don't take the sainthood job to the secular judges. These would be the Roman judges. And I'll show you an example. The best one is Jesus. Jesus was taken to court. What was his outcome? We have that up there, don't we? Because of it. They crucified him. They, they lied to him and lied about him. Evidence was put, false evidence was put up. It was his plan, yes. But he was taken to court. So be careful. Paul has been to court. Paul, Paul has been before the Roman court. He's been accused of things by the Jews. Uh, there's Jewish courts in the Bible. Paul's very clear. I dare you to do this. He says, you're going to be judging the world. And if the world be judged by you, saints, are you unworthy to judge the smallest matters? What's the answer? Can you judge rightly in the church? Can you hear one matter and hear another matter and make a decision? Lord, give me wisdom. And will God give you wisdom? The creator of you and your brain, the creator of all wisdom, can he give you wisdom if you ask? James says, count it all joys, my brother. When what? When you go into various trials of various kinds. Listen, when you ask for wisdom, guess what he's going to do? He's going to give it to you if you believe that he will give it to you. Don't be like the ocean. I was watching the ocean this weekend. It's sloshing back and forth, back and forth. It couldn't make a decision. You want to be still or you want to be loud? You want to be still or you want to be loud? I even put my phone up and recorded behind me just so I could hear it. It would get really loud, really quiet, really loud, really quiet. It, was, it couldn't make its decision what it wanted to do. Now, we know God tells the ocean where to be, right? Because the Bible says that as well. But he says, don't be like that. When you ask God for wisdom, what should you do? Believe that he is the giver of what? Of the very thing that you're asking him for. If you're asking him for wisdom, he is the giver of wisdom. Let's continue. He's going to ask another question, verse 3. Do you not know that we shall judge angels? Well, does that mess with your mind at all? Because you know what you did last night. You know what you said this past week. You know where you've been. You know what you've been listening to, how you've been talking about people. You say, well, I, I, I can't do that because I'm just little old me. I'm just, I, I, I just can't do that. Who is the creator of angels? Come on, who's the creator of angels? Y'all need to read John chapter 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Nothing was created that was not created by Him. His name is Jesus. So the answer to my test today 
is Jesus, just so you know. If you don't know, his name is Jesus. He is our creator. So who created these angels he's talking about judging? Who created the humans that's going to be judging? Who provided the way of salvation that these humans might be saved, so therefore they're in heaven with God? It is Jesus who does all this, and you say, well, I can't do it. You're right. You can't even live one second in this life as a Christian without the Lord Jesus Christ. You can't do it. You can't do anything without Christ. I told you before we'll do it again. Let's do it one more time. Everybody take a deep breath and just let it out. Who gave you that? Yeah, compliments of the Lord Jesus Christ. You didn't earn it. You don't deserve it. It's he who gives you the gift, that grace we just sang about, the mercy we just sang about. Who gives you grace? You don't deserve it. Who gives you mercy? You don't deserve it. So when you read a passage of Scripture like this, you should sit back and say, wait a minute, I don't deserve it, but he said so, therefore it is so. Amen? This is who you are, and this is what your responsibilities are. You say, well, I couldn't do it right now. Listen, he's not talking about right now. He's going to tell us. We're talking future, right? The business of the church is here now. The business with the world, judging the world, and angels. So judgment starts where? In the house of God for here and now. But judgment of the world is in the future. Judgment of the angels is in the future. Where are you going to be in the future? Look around. All the children are out of the room. If you're over 35, you're at least half dead. Amen? So where are you going to be in the future? D-E-A-D. F-Y. All right? You're all going to die. Amen? Unless this whole Israel thing's shaking up and the Lord's coming back. I don't know. I'm excited. It makes it, I, I hate for death toll. I hate for the craziness that's going on in the world. But this whole thing, listen, it could be the, the God rumbling before we get a chance to get out of here. I don't know. And I'm not speculating. I'm praying. I want to pray at the end of the service today before Israel when we leave out of here. Because the Bible tells us to pray for the peace of Israel. But here's what I want you to understand today. When you read this passage of Scripture, Paul's talking to you and he's talking to me. He's got something for us to understand, even when we don't comprehend it. Remember, angels were created beings. They're finite beings. God is infinite. He has no beginning and no end. You say, well, I don't understand that. Join the club, neither do I. But the Bible says so. Now let's continue. First, let me read verse 3 again. Do you not know that we shall judge angels? And you can say what? I didn't know that. Do you know now? Because it's a rhetorical question. The answer is, given that, yes, you are going to judge angels. You say, well, how am I going to be qualified? I've already given you the answer. Who's qualifying you? Jesus. How does he qualify you? The answer is, we don't know, but it's through his blood. That's the only thing we can answer, right? That's why we sing about the blood. We'll never stop singing about the blood. No matter how offensive it gets, we must sing about the blood of Christ because there lies the life that we have today in Christ. How much more things that pertain to this life? If you're going to judge angels in the future, now you should get your wisdom out, would you not? Would you agree? Do y'all have, we don't do it much anymore, and I don't think we even still have ours, I'm not sure. Do y'all have the old uh, china that you get out? We used to like, there used to be, there was china for Christmas, and there was china for your, like your wedding gifts. Everybody gives you china. I'm like, what are we getting china for? Just get some plates at Walmart, right? But we had all these little zipper bags with china in it. I don't think I've ever eaten on our china. Have I ever eaten on it? I never eat on our, our wedding china. It's 35 years old now, and I've, I've never eaten it. I don't even know if it's still in our house. But y'all know what I'm talking about. Do you have China special plates? You put out special plates for special occasions. Thanksgiving, that big old, y'all have the big old turkey platter that comes out? Anybody got those? Got all little pilgrims running all over it and stuff, all kind of crazy things. We have traditions and we things. We, get, we set the table for things that we want to be special, right? There's, I, I saw some of the ladies are transitioning to the church. It's turning orange. 
and leaves are all over the place. We rake leaves up, but y'all put leaves in the church. I don't quite understand it, but uh, we got to get rid of men, try to get them up, women putting them out for decorations. But we set up different times, different occasions for different reasons. This is what Paul is saying. Listen, this is what's coming in the future. How much more that you should be judging in this world? Let's continue. And, and it's not the world, it's the church. So make sure it's in this world here and now. Verse 4, if then you have judgments concerning things pertaining to this life, do you appoint those who are least esteemed by the church to judge? Meaning the, the most elementary person in the church can choose between right and wrong. I steal from uh, someone in the church, and someone says, hey, he stole from me. Who do you go to in this church? Let's say it happened today. Let's say there's an accusation that person A stole from person B. And person B is pretty sure person A did it. Matter of fact, they saw some things or there's a camera. What do we do? How do we reconcile it? We don't go to, we don't go to court, right? Small claims court and say, I'm suing. How do we reconcile those two things? But our church, guess who your, who your um, discipline board is? Do you know who it is? The deacons. So if all the active deacons, would you please stand? I want you to see some of the men, not all are here today, but stand. Deacons, stand. All right, look around. Who do you go to? All right, and if you've ever been a deacon, inactive deacon, stand up. No, remain standing, Martin, if you would. Other deacons that aren't active currently right now, but you've been deacon at Town Creek, I want you to stand. Or, or deacon anyway. No, deacon anyway. Come on, stand. Deacons, stand up. I know. Come on, come on. Look. All right. At minimum, our deacons are the place that you go to where? First. All right, you may be seated. Staff, I know Mike's out. I know Adrian's. Staff, stand up. The minister's here. These are men that you can go to as well. Watch this. Have a seat. Bible study teachers, stand up, if you would. Catalyst teachers, Bible study, women's Bible study teachers, watch. We all have access that we can look around. I want you to look around. These people are everywhere, right? You can't say, well, there's nobody to talk to. Thank you, maybe say that. There's no one I can speak with. No one understands. If A stole from B, and what, what does B do? First thing you got to do, Jesus, the Matthew 18 principle is what? 1815, B's got to go to A, right? Hey, I know you stole it from me. I think you stole it from me, right? Don't go with accusations. A don't want to hear it. A don't want to fess up, right? So what does B do? Going to get two or three witnesses. If A still won't hear, they go get, before they go grab the deacons, right? That's our, in Town Creek, that's our discipline board. If somebody has accusations, and this happened twice in 14 years, people have accused me of some wrongdoings. Right? Two teenagers have accused me of wrongdoing. I had nothing to do with them, but I submitted myself to the deacons. I sat over. I didn't quit being pastor, but I sat in the chair, and I kept my mouth shut. I let the accusations be spoke against me so that the deacons could hear the allegations. And before the allegations were even put out, the deacons had surmised through their wisdom that this was all made-up stuff because the story wouldn't stick. The children were mad with their parents. The children were mad with me. They didn't want anybody in authority in their life to tell them what to do. So therefore, they just started passing out lies left and right. So it's happened to me twice. And wisdom, if you have men, godly men, and listen, in your lives, godly women, listen, there's advice you can hear that comes from the Word of God, and justice will be served. Listen, and then we come back and hold A accountable. A is actually put on, in, in the case of the deacons, A is saying, listen, you're going to get that right and give it back to them. You're going to restore their money, whatever it was you took. Or whatever you've taken, you're going to restore. I'm not going to do it. Then you're entering now in the second phase of church discipline, and we will kick you out of the church. Not because we're mad at you. What do we want from you? 
reconciliation to me and to the church and be right with God. That's what our desire as a Christian is to be about. You say, well, that sounds harsh. Then take it up with God. Because this is God's standard. Watch this. Let's continue. A couple more verses. Paul said, verse 5, I say this to your shame. You ever played that game too? Shame, 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 shame. We always take our finger. You ever do this with your finger? Anyway, raise your hand if you've ever done this. All right, this, this, I don't know what this means in sign language, but that means shame, shame where I'm from. Shame, shame. I say this to your shame. Is it so that there is not a wise man among you, not even one, well, he, well, who will be able to judge between his brothers? But brother goes to law against brother, and that before unbelievers. Now, therefore, it is already an utter failure for you that you go to law against one another. Why do you not rather accept wrong? Why do you not rather let yourselves be cheated? No, you yourselves do wrong and cheat, and you do these things to your brothers. And he's going to continue. He's going to go on further and really condemn the church in a way that says, remember, it's in love, but he's bringing the apostolic power to bear, saying God is saying this is to your shame, church. You should not be part of this. Don't partake in this. And does it mean the greater church? Is Paul saying that I should just be wronged if somebody outside, let's say somebody goes to another local church, and I find out they're a Christian. They say, I'm a Christian too. Can I not sue them? What's the answer, church, according to the word? But I deserve it. They did me wrong. Paul says, is it not better to be wronged and let God bring the right? Because God knows all things, does he not? But it doesn't feel good. Again, I'm not saying don't collect from their insurance because I think we have a system in, the, in our country where you have insurance, you buy X amount of money, uh, X amount of money buys X amount of insurance. And this is in case there is an accident, in case there is some liability, in case there is something that breaks down. I want you to go to your notes and see this. Paul, what he did, Paul discouraged secular lawsuits between the Christian community and Corinth. He stressed church matters should be settled within the church and not before the world. It's settled where? Where does judgment begin, church? And that really means for me as well. Look at myself, right? In the house of God. You had the Lord's Supper last week. You participated. You have to judge yourself is there sin in my life that i need to repent of and that it has happens daily it should lord i am guilty and i am sorry and will you forgive me and guess what he says every single time he knows we're made of clay the bible says we're just a hunk of clay walking around this world are we not with the spirit of god within us he knows that about you and about me we will do sinful and wrong things I want you to see this. Paul insists that the church place all Christian disputes and wrongdoings before God's people in order to receive a Christ-like outcome or Christ-like outcomes. He insisted all disputes in the church are to be brought before the church. Now, how many of y'all like church fights? Y'all know right when the church was formed, that's why deacons exist. Acts chapter 6, you read for yourself, the first fight was a food fight in the church. Did y'all know that? People fighting over food, the widows. You take care of the Jewish widows better than the Greek Jewish widows. You, they get more food than they get more food. It's happening in Israel today, right? My land, my, my property, people do it around. It's happening in Ukraine, Russia, Ukraine. It's happening all around the world, in America, in your neighborhood, with people, right? This for that. It's mine. I want some more of that. It's very much so in the house of God. Listen, at 250 Town Creek Road, our responsibility is where? Where's our responsibility? Here first, right? And then there, here first and then there. Now, if other churches have wrongs, listen, I pray about even things to do, how to talk to brothers and other pastors, things that are willfully sinful that we know about or see and say, hey, brother, can I talk to you? And usually what happens when you get involved in someone else's life, guess what they want you to do? 
Get out. Be quiet. Don't, don't judge me, you hypocrite. You got your own sins, right? And that's where people call the church hypocrites. Here's the deal. Are we hypocrites? I'm sure we are, like, right? Because we do things we don't want to do, and we say things we don't want to say, and then we say them, and, oh, God, forgive me, and I have to go make it right. But on the daily basis, on the download, listen, when God says to live a holy life, and we say, listen, this is what God's Word says. I've stood before God. I've confessed my sins. Brother, I love you enough. Sister, I love you enough. I just want to tell you the truth. I don't want to hurt you, but this is what God's Word says. And if you don't agree with the Word of God, who's got the problem? Take your finger like this and point to your chest. That, that's you. you got the problem with God. Well, Paul goes on and says this, the church is part of the kingdom judicial system. How do you like that? That's you and me. That's the saints. One day in the future, the saints of God will judge the world. Paul argued if the world be judged by the church, in a greater way, the petty disputes between Christians ought to be decided within the church by the church. You can go look what we're going to do in Revelations 20 and 21. We say it here, and you know the saying, it sounds redundant because I say it so much. If we do it God's way, church, what do we get? God's results every single time. You cannot help but get God's results when you do it God's way. You say, well, I don't like that because we want, if somebody calls me pain or hurt, guess what I want to do naturally? I want to inflict that pain and hurt. I want to give you some of what you gave me, and then we can settle it once we get revenge. Vengeance is mine, says who? The Lord Jesus Christ. That's exactly right. Well, let's continue. And we'll look, Paul further assured the church that one day in the future the saints of God would judge and rule over angels. Does that stress anybody out? Does that sound weird to you? That you're going to be sitting and be in charge of judging the angels? You say, well, they're so holy because we've made up this crazy mess in America. How we these little flutter angels. Some of y'all got tattoos of angels with wings. And it just it reminds me of this is baby so-and-so, uncle so-and-so. Listen, humans don't become angels ever. There is God only God. There are angels who are created beings to be ministering spirits of God. There are human beings who will always be human beings. You'll have a new body, right? You'll have a new body one day. If you, when you die, and you're going to die or be raptured. The dead in Christ shall rise. You'll have a new body. Those in hell that's going to be in the lake of fire will have a new body as well. You're going to live forever. For all of us, tomorrow is coming. And tomorrow, and the next day, and the next day, and for the next billion years, tomorrow is coming. And it decides, listen, we get a chance, it's amazing while we're living, to receive this message of Jesus Christ and make a decision, will I be in the presence of God, or will I not be in the presence of God? That's the decision that you make, that's the decision that I make, based on what the Word of God says. Listen, He's given us that opportunity. So there's a future judgment that He says, and I put in your notes so you would underline this, it is God who gives saints their power, it's God who gives saints their status. It's God who gives saints their standing in his kingdom. Amen? It is God who gives it to you. You say, well, I can't. You can't. I can tell you 100%. You cannot do it. Natural people do not have this power. They don't have this authority. But you have kingdom authority. You have the power that God gives you. If you have time, go read Matthew 19. Jesus talks about it in the future. Well, let's read it right now. As a matter of fact, let's go there. Because Jesus said so, therefore it is so. And we need to see what his word says. Because his disciples... Peter, thank goodness for Peter. Oh, big mouth Peter. He sticks his feet in his mouth all the time. But I love Peter because he asks questions that makes me scratch my head and ask the same thing. Just drop into this conversation. And the title, obviously, with God, all things, with God, all things are possible. Let's drop into Matthew chapter 19 and just drop right in the middle of the paragraph, verse 27. Can you go there with me? When you're there, say amen. All right, let's look. Then Peter answered and said to him, See, he's talking to Jesus. 
See, we, we have left all and followed you. Therefore, what shall we have? Because there's a question about, hey, Peter gave up his fishing business. He left his dad's boats. He's left everything to follow Jesus. And he's speaking on behalf of the rest of the guys because they've been talking, right? While they're snacking, while Jesus is doing miracles, they've been over there snacking and eating some sardines and bread going, man, what, what's the outcome, right? But Jesus looked at them, verse 20, oh, excuse me, verse 28. So Jesus said to them, Assuredly, I say to you that in the regeneration, that's the time, listen, that's the time to come when the Son of Man sits where? On his glorious throne, on the throne of his glory, you who have followed me will also sit on 12 thrones. What are they going to do? Judging the 12 tribes of Israel. So the 12 New Testament boys are going to judge the 12 Old Testament boys, all right, about their sins, their decisions to follow Christ. These potentially is the 24 elders, potentially, I don't know for sure. This is a council that's in heaven. Verse 29, and everyone who has left houses or brothers or sisters or father or mother or wife or children or lands for my name's sake. This does not mean divorce your wife. This is not what it means, all right? This is not leaving your kids. I'm done with y'all because I'm following Jesus. That's not what he means. I'll tell it in a minute. For my sake shall receive a hundredfold and inherit eternal life. But many who are first will be what, church? Last. And the last shall be what? It's the principle of God. You have to wait for it. We want it right here. We, Christians are just like non-Christians. Don't we want wealth and prosperity right here, right now? Aren't there preachers standing up this morning yelling and snotting and sweating and promising if you give $50 or $250 or whatever the seed money is that God's obligated to you to give you back $500, $5,000? How foolish can you be that men, mortal clay bodies are standing up saying, I demand you in Jesus' name, right, and calling down God to do what he commands him to do. Little pipsqueak, it's amazing that God doesn't kill those men every single Sunday. Or those women, right? Those men and women. They proclaim that they have control of God. They're not going to throw God down and make him do something that, listen, that they demand him, he do. But you can pray. What is prosperity as far as the gospel is concerned? Does God make people rich? Yes. We sing about one guy in the priest field. They're probably singing this morning. It goes like this. Father Abraham. Had many sons. How many of y'all sang that song growing up? Many sons had Father Abraham. I don't know what the girls had. Girls, I don't guess y'all got none. We all, Father Abraham had sons, not daughters. I'm just kidding. In the song, he didn't have daughters. He just had sons. We are the, listen, we're the children of Abraham. Was Abraham rich? Abundantly. Abundantly. Was Adam rich? Somebody said, well, that's not fair. He was the only guy on the planet. So what did he have? Everything. Was Noah rich? So listen, does God make people rich? The answer is yes, he can. But there's also like Paul. Paul, I think, was wealthy. And Paul says, listen, I know what it's like to have lots, and I know what it's like to have done nothing. And listen, I found out I can do all things through Christ who gives me the strength, Philippians 4.13. So it's not about your bank account. It's about your status with God. If God calls you to do something, he can make something out of nothing and then calls you to be successful. Prosperity in the kingdom of God is being in the will of God and doing what God says to do. Day by day, walking with Him. Will He give you riches? riches? Potentially. But we don't pray, Lord, give me. We don't give in the offering plate, <clears throat> Lord, I gave you a 50. I'm expecting 150. But here's what I can tell you. You cannot give God. Watch and see. He even says in Malachi 3.10, <clears throat> Bring all the tithes where? Into the storehouse. And now prove me now herewith, saith the Lord of hosts, if I will not open the windows of heaven 
and pour you out a blessing so much that you can't what? Lord, I can't take it. Has there ever been a time there was so much riches that the man of God says, I can't take it? Lord, this needs to stop. Ever been a time? Yeah. Brother Moses, right? Hey, hey, don't give any more gold. Don't give any more joy. We don't want nothing else. Don't, don't give any more right now because we can't handle it. Because where did it all come from? God says, I will make the Egyptians just start taking off their jewelry and their finances and make them give it to you. And then you're going to walk out loaded. The Israelites went from being slaves to some of the wealthiest people on the planet. And then today, listen, can God still do the same thing? Hey, this is the God who split the Red Sea. This is the God that dried up the Jordan River. This is the God that brought his people out of Israel, uh, uh, out of Egypt. This is the God who did all the miracles in the Bible. This is the God that you and I serve that says, I am making you a saint of mine. I'm going to set you in a place of status because of who my son made you to be. Isn't it amazing? The blood of Christ moves us in that area. Let's continue. Let me finish these couple of things and we'll finish for today. The Corinthian church's uh, leadership was weakened by their self-centeredness. How many self-centered preachers are standing in the pulpits today? All about me. Wearing robes, looking fancy, right? Driving a parking lot. If you ever see, drive up to a church and it says pastor's parking, I'd leave that church in three seconds. The pastor's parking should be down by the pond. He should be the ultimate servant unless he's handicapped. He should walk the furthest distance to the church. He should not be in the front parking spot. The front parking spot should be for the elderly, for the handicapped, and those in need. That's who it should be for. The pastor should walk the furthest. He should be in the back parking lot. He should park on the dirt if there's paved and dirt parking. If you ever go to a church where it says pastor's parking, I'm telling you, I would walk out that church unless I'm preaching, and I have preached at some of those churches. And it's, it's, it doesn't bring pleasure to me to, to be treated like a king when I walk into the church. Respect, yes, because the Bible says to respect those who are in authority, those that are elders of the church. There's respect, but not worship. You should not worship a man. Paul called out the church's faults. He rightfully judged the church's poor behavior. He called for competent Christian leadership. It is required of God's leaders to be bold, full of integrity and wisdom. Amen? This is what God says who we're to be called. Accountability, a word we don't use much anymore in America. Accountability, that's your answer here, had been, had been disregarded by most of the Corinthian church until God had had enough and called Paul to correct it. And Paul obeyed God. Listen, when God calls you to do something, you for, your first response is, yes, sir, right? I will. Yes, and amen. Lord, how am I going to do it? That's your next question, right? See, watch and see. Just be obedient. We, we call it L-O-T, God. Listen, obey, and trust Him. L-O-T. You'll get a lot when you do that, amen? Listen, obey, and trust. Finally, Paul understood sinful human nature. Christians are capable of defrauding. Can I get amen? Christians are capable of hurting. Can I get amen? Uh, Christians are they're capable of maligning someone. Can I get amen? Come on, because y'all been doing it. That's why you can't amen it. You're probably in the middle of it. Amen. Amen. And sometimes even attacking fellow believers. Can a Christian attack another believer? Can we get into physical fights? Yes, we can. Have y'all been to a Baptist church? They want to throw down, right? Should we be that way? No, but we have this sinful nature and we like, Paul even says the things that I don't want to do, I do and the things that I want to do, I don't do. Oh, what wretched man I am. Not that he practices sin. That's not his intention. He's not giving an excuse for sin. 
He just says there's this nature within me that wants to do the wrong thing. And the Spirit of God says do the right thing. He's got this conflict. And he even says in Galatians, the Spirit wars against the flesh. I'm at war constantly. Israel's at war today, right? Physically. But daily when you walk this Christian world, or you walk this Christian walk through Christ, you're at war. Spirit saying don't. Flesh saying do. Spirit says do. Flesh says don't. You're constantly at war and there's friction in your life. And you must find a way to discipline yourself because, I don't know if you know this or not, there's a thing called fruit of the Spirit. And the last one is what? Self-control. Some people say, I just can't control myself. Yes, you could through the power of the Holy Spirit. You made a decision based on the flesh, not based on the Spirit leading you. Because, listen, I don't know who you are or what you get into, but the Spirit will say, no, 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 no. And you're like, ah, oh, just my flesh is weak, right? And you go and do it. Or the Spirit say, yes, go tell her about Jesus. Tell him about Jesus right now. Do it. Lord, they want, they'll probably persecute me. They'll make fun of me. I said, do it. Can you sin against the Holy Spirit and not do what he says to do? Yeah, the Bible says, do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God. Don't go against him. Church, we have some responsibilities, right? Scripture is clear that God hates discord and fighting among his children, God corrects those in sin and drives the wrongdoer and the one done wrong to repent, seek reconciliation, seek forgiveness, and reenter right fellowship. Not, not relationship, but fellowship. Because once you are in relationship with God, you're in relationship with your brothers in Christ. You can't undo it. Mackenzie moved to Thailand. If she painted herself purple and went to the other side of the world, I don't want to ever be known as Clint Smith's daughter again. Guess what? The people around her won't know it, but guess what? If they took a DNA test, guess what they'd find out? Bing, she belongs to me and her mother. Amen? You cannot outrun your relationship with God. Even if you get mad, puffed up, leave a church, I ain't never doing that again. There's people over there, and you, all the things we say, you cannot unrelationship yourself from God our Father. You can't undo it. Because Did you hear the scripture Chris read this morning? What can take you from the hand of God or the love of God? Can height? No. Can height? No. Death? Can anything created in this whole creation? Nothing can take you from the hand of God. Paul said, I'm persuaded. And he was speaking as the Apostle Paul, not as just Paul down the street, neighbor Paul. He was the Apostle Paul on the authority of God. Nothing can take you from the hand of God. But you've got to make sure one thing, that you're in that hand. And the only way to get in that hand is ask for forgiveness of your sins, ask Christ to come into your heart and life, Tell God, I believe that you raised Jesus from the dead. And the Bible says, everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And you can say, I don't feel saved. There's days in traffic I don't feel saved either, right? My flesh. But I know that I am, right? Because of the truth of the word of God, because I have surrendered my heart and life to the Lord Jesus Christ. And finally, on God's behalf, the Apostle Paul demanded the sinful actions of the church in Corinth be stopped. Through many words, he shouted, what church? Stop it. Just stop it. You say, well, I, my flesh is weak. Yes, it is. And if it keeps on, it's going to be broken. Because God will break you. And listen, there's people who leave the earth before they're supposed to, I believe. I've known three people in my life that, and my staff that was with me a long time ago knows of people in this town who used to live here are no longer here because of their words and their trivial pursuit of God in the sense that they didn't care what God thought. They called on God to judge between myself and 
themselves and they didn't know the truth. And you can ask staff that was here a long time. There ain't many left that they can ask. They heard it. And it was terrible. It was tragic. So I want to share with you today, listen, we don't know tomorrow. We don't know the future. I don't know what's going on with Israel. I don't know if that's the end, if the horn's about to toot, 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 toot. We're about to go home, right? Just be rapture ready if it's happening. So I don't believe in the rapture. Well, <laughs> we'll talk about it on the way up, all right? Uh, you're going. If you're a Christian, you're going. You can fight all you want to and, and give me all kind of doctrine that you think can back that up. But I'm telling you, the day of Christ is going to rise first and we remain alive just like that. Twinkling of an eye, we're going to be with the Lord. So, I don't know how it's going to work either, but I'm ready. So be rapture ready. Don't let Israel mess your mind up. You're not there. Don't let Ukraine mess your mind up or Russia or China. Days are going to get evil. Look at 2 Timothy chapter 3. Perilous times are going to come. This is times of peril. Just walk through it with Christ. Just like if it's the shiniest, sunshiniest day, you walk through it on the trouble, a much trouble day. Would you agree? Because he's with you. Never to leave you nor forsake you is what he said. Let's pray. Father God, we have a responsibility. And Lord, it's a heavy lift for us to understand judging the world and judging angels, even making a judgment call between our brothers and sisters. We feel uncomfortable. Lord, you didn't call us to a comfort zone, Christianity. You called us to, to, to live like Christ, and you called us to call sin, sin. And you called us to be witnesses of Jesus Christ. You called us to introduce our friends and family and co-workers, professors and students to our friend Jesus. You didn't call us to, to make somebody be something. You just called us to introduce everybody to this man we love called Jesus, who happens to be God. Father, we're weak, and you know we're weak. We're scared sometimes. We're nervous. And you know all about that. Father, we pray today your will be done. Father, you'd let us get over ourselves and start realizing who we are. Start walking through the power of the Holy Spirit that's within us. Start living with kingdom authority and speaking like men and women of God who are called, set apart for your glory. And Lord, these trivial things that Paul talks about, these petty things that happen in the church, Father, may they never be, but Lord, as we know, they will because we're humans. May we as righteous and wise people, only because of the Holy Spirit of God, be able to judge between those things, make a correct godly judgment, and then see peace brought back to the church. Lord, you seek reconciliation at every turn. I pray this for our churches and the Aiken Association. I pray for people that are struggling today, wondering, is there any hope anymore? And Lord, we know there's hope only in Jesus Christ alone. Father, I pray today if there's somebody here that's never given their heart and life to Jesus Christ, today they would be saved. And Father, if there's people that are here that's never been obedient through baptism, today they would say they want to be baptized. Father, if there's Christians here that's been living like this, that they, they just assume stay at home or spat back and forth, then reconcile, convict them to the core, Lord, they've got to get right with their brothers and sisters. Even if they were wrong, they have to get right. But if they're the wrongdoer, Lord, I pray they would repent. You'd come down on their hearts so heavy that they have to go make it right. If it's with their employer, if it's with their spouse, if it's, it's with a friend or family member, Lord, I pray you'd bring about the thunder of conviction in our hearts. We can't rest unless we get it right. Father, I pray for our Bible-believing preacher, teaching churches, and those who are struggling. Father, may they be strengthened in the power of the kingdom because the king says so. Help us be your ambassadors, we pray. In Jesus' name and for his sake, amen.